For the scripture says, you must worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil went away and angels came and took care of Jesus. And Jesus heard that John had been arrested and he left Judah and returned to Galilee. He went first to Nazareth, then he moved to Capernaum and beside the Sea of Galilee in the region of Zebulun and Naphtali. This fulfilled what God said to the prophet Isaiah in the, la- in the land of Zebulun and Naphtali, beside the sea, beyond the Jordan River and Galilee, where so many Gentiles lived. The people who sat in darkness have seen the great light, and those who lived in the land where death cast its shadow, a light has shined. And from then on, Jesus began to preach, repent of your sins, turn to God, for the kingdom of God is near. And one day Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee and he saw two brothers and also called Peter and John, throwing a net into the water for they were fishing for a living. Verse 19, Jesus called out to them, come follow me and I will show you how to fish for people. And they left the nets at once and followed him. A little further up the shore, he saw two other brothers, James and John, sitting in a boat where his father Zebedee repairing their nets and he called them to, to come They immediately followed him, leaving the boat and their father behind. Jesus traveled through the region of Galilee, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news of the kingdom. And he revealed every kind, and he healed every kind of disease and illness. News about him spread as far as Syria, and people soon began to bring to him all who were sick, whatever the sickness or disease, or if they were demon-possessed or epileptic or paralyzed, he healed them. Verse 25, large crowds followed him wherever he went, and people from Galilee and the ten towns of Jerusalem and all over Judea and from the west of the Jordan. So for some reason, every time I come out here, the, the, the Lord highlights the city's name, Waterville. Um, in the scriptures, I believe in the Song of Solomon or in Ezekiel, it talks about that they would be a tree planted by the river and their leaves would have uh, would be uh, healing for the nations. Um, could you do me a favor, sir, in the vision? Could you bring me that Aldi bag? God begins to show me, it uses a lot of pictures, um, the way that we kind of function um, in, in the spirit, scripturally as far as uh, gifts in the prophetic and, and seeing and, uh, visions and things like that. So he uses a lot of, a lot of pictures and, and different things with me. Um, but I think it was maybe Wednesday or Thursday. I don't, I don't remember when I, when I text you. But I was having a dream and I was, and I woke up s- suddenly at 5 a.m., literally at 5 a.m., and I heard the simple kingdom. And then I, I saw the river, and I saw the locks. Which way is the, the water? <laughs> Can anybody help? That way. Um, I saw the river, and I saw the locks where the boats come in, and, the, and the, the, the gates begin to open and close. And I'm seeing this, and I'm watching it, and he's saying, and, and, I'm, and I'm beginning to, to see, like, Jesus walk along the, um, the bay, the bank, if you will. 
And he's walking along, and as the, the locks begin to open and ships and waters begin to rise, and they begin to move from, from position to position, and they begin to, to move through, I begin to see your guys' faces. And he was, you were standing on the, on the bank of, of the river, right? And he began to call you. He began to come up to you and begin, what's your name, sir? You're, yep, Paul. This morning when I was um, praying, I began to see specific seats highlighted in this room. Um, and I began to, and, and your seat was one of them. And I see he was, I kept seeing him walk up to people. And he would walk up to them and say, I'm calling you. I'm calling you in your business atmosphere. I'm calling you because of your, your intellectual, strategic heart. I'm calling you because of how you associate with people on not only a, um, a personal level, but also on a business level. Does that make sense? And I begin to see this bag. When I walked in this morning and I read the side of this bag and it said, we're gonna, don't worry, we'll get back to the Bible, I promise. This bag has skills, used to be a water bottle, now carries food from Aldi. Paul said in the scriptures, he said, he said, some of you are drinking milk when you should be eating meat. And I feel like, I feel like even when I was, when I was sitting there and I was preparing for this, he was saying, the body in Waterville is like an embryo. But there's so much life in it. There's so much potential in it. That you guys, he's saying, he's, he's saying like when it said, you used to drink out of a bottle, but now I'm going to give you a plate and I want you to begin to carry meat to this city. I want you to begin to carry the kingdom to this city. I want you to begin to carry what you're reading in the scriptures to this city. I want you to begin to not only just be some, someone who, who walks around and feels like you're just a container that's empty with no purpose and with no identity and with no reason. We show up in this school building and we, we hang out and we get together and we have amazing worship and we have amazing people that we get to talk to and we get to, you know, you know we get to build friendships and relationships. But when we leave this place, when we go out, when we go to our families or our homes, where, where you become the bag, you're no longer the bottle. God's recycled the bottle. I want you to become the bag where I can fill you and you can pull out of it, right? That's the kingdom. As we talk about in this, this, this sermon series, I didn't even realize we were talking about the kingdom. Um, when, I, when I sent uh, Pastor Joy that, that text. But that's the kingdom. That, that's how the kingdom gets set up. That's how the kingdom starts. Okay, so now that I said all that. So I want to give you guys a little bit of background on me. Um, and I felt like I needed to uh, kind of share my testimony from, the, from present to past, right? To kind of give you an, an idea. I actually do um, executive outside salesman for a company and deal with a lot of CEOs, deal with a lot of, which you wouldn't probably think that, um, deal with a lot of businessmen, deal with a lot of people who are 
um, all over, I was just telling uh, Anthony, you know, I'm having to travel all over five different states for work. Um, so I have a lot of, of interaction from everyone to the top to the bottom. And I feel like that's how this body is. This body has so much interaction from the top to the bottom. This body has so much capability from the top to the bottom. Where you could, you could reach CEOs of, of, of a multi-million dollar company or you could reach the, the guy cutting the grass, right? But you guys are so multifaceted. And I feel like the enemy's trying to steal that identity from you guys. I feel like he's trying to, to take that from you that I can't, I can't be who I am in Christ in my place of work or in my place of, of, of influence or in my schools or in when I go to the grocery store or when I go to the gas station or when I'm you know, just with, with my family. And I feel like the, the enemy is trying to, 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 to take that. So we're going to reposition some things. Is that okay? Is that okay? Amen. So if you go with me to, um, go with me to Matthew, the chapter 4, verse 13. Actually, go up to, to 12. It says, when Jesus heard John had, arrest, was arrest, had been arrested, he left Judea to, to return to Galilee. Um, in that verse where it says, and he left Judea to return to Galilee, um, I'm reading the New Living Translation, but in the King James, it actually says to go into Galilee, which actually means for you to go into, when it says go into a place, you ever get into a conversation with somebody and you're like, we're going to get into this. You ever get into a conversation with somebody and you're like, we need, we, need to, we need to hash some things out. We need to have the heart. We're going to get into this. We're going to go into this. We're going to take care of this right now. How many of you have had to have that, that discussion? When we read this and, and, Jesus, and Jesus is going into to Judea, if you look it up in the lexicon and you look it up in, in, the, in the Greek, that's really what it's saying. In his spirit, he's saying, we're going to go open this piece up. We're going to get into this thing. Because the word Galilee actually is translated heathen circle. So he was saying, I'm going into this place and I'm breaking up this heathen circle. They've took my friend John, who in the womb he leaped when Mary went to his, his mother. When, he, when they came close, she's like, my baby is leaping inside of my womb. So when we begin to release things in the spirit, right? We've been called to, to, to not, that Jesus did not see it such a great thing to leave heaven, to come to earth, to walk into flesh so that he could die on the cross for us, right? So that we could have salvation and be born again. Amen? So when we release things, when Jesus went into cities, he wasn't just going into cities just to go into cities. He wasn't just going into houses or places or doing things. He, he, there were strategic reasoning behind why he did what he did. So when, it's, when, they, when they wrote this and he says, I'm going into this place and we're going to break this thing. But what's funny is he said he went first in chapter 13 to Nazareth and then he left and he moved to Capernaum and beside the Sea of Galilee in the region of Zebulon and Naphtali. 
See, before he went in to break the heathen circle, he had to go into Nazareth. In Nazareth, when you look up the word Nazareth, it actually means it's actually a city on a hill, and it's called, it's actually translated shoot or sprout, the guard or the watchtower. So he went to a place that he, so they're all in a region along the, the river, the Jordan River. They're all in the same place. So he's in a city that's on a hill, and if you think of it this way, he went to a watchtower. He was looking down at where he was going. So I want to encourage you guys, when you go into your homes, when you go into your workplaces, when we, as, as I feel like there's a, there's a prophetic resetting that's happening right now, where when you walk into a place, you're not just going in there without, without a purpose, without a reason, without, without with, what's the word, without a motive. Sometimes we say, well, you've got false motives. These are good motives. So when you walk into your home and you feel that thing, when you feel that, that thing that's trying to, to go into a bones and groans and utterances that you do not know scripture so if you're wondering why I'm breathing like this because like um, but when you go into your home do you know that your home is a sacred place that your home is the place where you go into and you set the standard where you shift the atmosphere What's your name, sir? Eric? What do, you, what do you do for a living? You're a lawyer? Because I saw you as a builder. Paul said, I am a master builder. Very law, right? Very, very, he was, he was a Pharisee of Pharisees, born on the eighth day. I don't know if you know the, you probably know the, the background. And I saw you and I saw your hands. You go in and you, you create structure, not only in your home, but in other people's lives. When the Bible talks about that the gifts of God are irrevocable, right? That we were created in God's image, right? That in the intellectual state of, of doing what you're doing, that he would begin to, did you know that administration is a gift of the Spirit? A lot of people think that administration is, is just something to be working in the office. I think, I, actually, I think Pastor Joy actually told me that. But administration being a gift of the Spirit, when you couple who you are with the Spirit, it becomes supernatural. So when you take that intellectual law and you begin to, to speak to your, your clients, I'm seeing your words, not only just being words on paper and being words to shift people's timelines, but your words going into a place where, where the Holy Spirit begins to speak to you. It's probably not something that you're really comfortable with or that he's done with you before. Does that make sense? Okay. But I feel like the words that you're going to be speaking, as Jesus says, my, my tongue is like a sword. My eyes are like fire. I feel like inside, there's a zeal inside of you. You seem very reserved, but I feel like inside of you, is this your wife? Ins no, sister, family, what are you? I'm, just, I'm not being prophetic. I'm just asking. Do you even know her? Like, <laughs> okay. Oh, did you? Oh, hey, you know. Hey, my name's so-and-so. What's happening? <laughs> Did you? Okay, hey. Hey, not everything has to be super spiritual, you know what I'm saying? We are body, soul, and spirit. <laughs> well, how, how do you guys know each other? Okay. Hey, I, I'm not, I'm, just, I'm, we all prophesy in part. Right? I'm not going to touch that, though. We're going to, I'm going to, 
put that back there. We're going to stick to where we're at. <laughs> but I feel like you in, inside, I, I don't know how, how long have you guys known each other? A couple months? Have you seen a zeal? There's a passion. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to touch on this though. That's why she's drawn to you. Because of a godly passion. So that when you take that and you apply it to your work, and the Holy Spirit begins to speak through it through administration, and you couple that with with, this, with the Holy Spirit, that it's not only going to be just a job, right? It's not only going to be where you, where you're just being the people they 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 thank you for the things that you do, but it's going to go to a kingdom level where it's no not only an earthly level but where that kingdom level comes in and it begins to shift, not only their lives but but seeing in you, right what God has already placed inside of you. Does that make sense? Okay. Let me get back to this. Sorry. This is just this is just how God does things, amen. This is how computers do things. See, I walked away from it too too long. So when he went into Nazareth, and it says he went to shoot or sprout the guard of the watchtower, right? And it says that he went and he dwelled in Capernaum. When he's talking about staying in Capernaum, I need to first tell you that the, that the, that the name Capernaum actually means village of comfort. So he went up high, looked down into, into Galilee where he was, where he was going, he then went to the place of village of comfort. And it says that he dwelled in it. That word dwell in actually means divine power influence. Um, I thought Pastor Joe would find this, this is kind of a side joke, but a pregnant construction. Because before you go into something, before you move into something, when you begin to restructure, when you begin to reset things and you begin to, to function in, in wanting to find out what this whole Christian walk is about, when it goes beyond just coming here on a Sunday, the Father's asking you to reposition yourself in a place that's high up with him. Jesus always went up to the mountain, right? He always went, after he would teach, he would always withdraw and he would always go to the mountain. He would get back to the Father. So we're structuring ourselves or we're going up high. And then when we dwell with him, that he's doing a pregnant construction inside of you. Right? So when you leave this place, so that as he's doing that pregnant construction, that he's actually taking you to into a place of comfort versus taking you just into the battle. Did you notice that at the beginning of this chapter, Jesus, Satan came to Jesus? And he, he tempted him, he tried him. You notice a lot of times right before something good happens, something bad happens? 
right before Jesus went in and he began to advance, he began to proclaim the kingdom of God, right? How badly did Jesus was tempted on every level, every kingdom. There was an earthly kingdom, a heavenly kingdom, a physical kingdom, right? In his body, on the earth, Satan said, I'll give you food. Satan, Satan said, I'll, I'll give you the, the kingdoms of the world, right? So it was mind, body, and soul. It was, all, it was three different dimensions that Satan was attacking him on. So you have, you have the, the attack at the beginning before Jesus actually went in and began to start at his ministry, but then he heard, he was pulled. He was pulled because he heard, he heard he, of compassion hearing that John had been taken. So he strategically set himself up in Capernaum. He strategically set himself up after he came between the place that was the high place to the place of comfort. The cool part about this is that Capernaum was not found in the Old Testament. Capernaum was not, was not even, even spoken of uh, in the law or in when, um, when Isaiah, because in verse 14 it says, This fulfilled what God said through the Isaiah the prophet in the land of Zebulon, Nephtalo, beside the Sea of the Jordan, in the river of Galilee where so many Gentiles live. So Isaiah was prophesying this in the Old Testament. He was prophesying about, about Zebulon and Nephtali and by the, the city of Galilee. And the, and, um, he was prophesying about this. But then Jesus, no, not going before there, he went into a place of comfort. It was almost like prophetically that, that God had Isaiah prophesy about it in the Old Testament and then something that didn't even exist and then in the new, when Jesus came through, that after he came off the, 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 the high hill in Nazareth, that he had a place of comfort to go to in order to fulfill the prophecy that already, was already spoken in the Old Testament. Does that make sense? So what I'm saying here is you may not see the city of comfort what I'm saying here is you may not see the thing that the place that is, is, is set before you that's down the road. You may not see it right now, right? You may not see where it is. You may be up on the hill looking for it. You may be like, you know, metaphorically speaking, you may be in Nazareth right now saying, God, I'm on this hill and I'm looking for you. You may not see this, 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 what do you call it? Safe place, if you will. But I guarantee you that it's there and I guarantee you that he has it for you. I guarantee you that he wants to take you to that place. Because he's not going to just leave you. He's not just going to take you, he's not just going to take you from the attack to, getting, to, to feeling a reprieve to from that point and then going in and, feel, and, and not knowing where to go or what to do. He's not just going to, he's not a, a, a father that would lie to you. The, 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 word, the prophetic words that were going forth this morning were so, so strategic. I mean, you really, if we really understood what was going on in the spirit realm as they were prophesying, I'm seeing grass growing up here. I'm seeing, I'm seeing like, again, biblically, the Bible says that, you know, old men will dream dreams, young men will see visions. I like to give structure to when we talk about the prophetic. So I'm sitting here and as these, these ladies are coming up here, I'm seeing, I'm seeing like angels walk across this, this altar and they're, they're throwing seed. 
and grass is growing. It's beautiful grass. And then, and then these, these, these like yellow, what are they, are they lilies or what are, the, what are those? Uh, daffodils? They're like growing. They're like popping up. Like, because he's saying, I'm not going to take, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, somebody, okay, right? I'm not going to allow you to go through the attack to have to go, to try and get to a place of structure and security, to have to come down off the mountain, right? I'm not going to leave you without a place that you can come. Who was it? Was, was it uh, Robin that was, was talking about, what was the, you were talking about in the scripture you were, Psalm 23, with the meadows and the, Yes. And it was like, this body needs to understand that when we restructure prophetically, we draw a line. I don't know if you noticed, but this line is darker than all the rest. When we take it, we draw a line and we begin to step over that line. He's like, I'm not going to take you into a thing that you can't, that you're going to be unprepared for. I'm not going to take you into a thing where, where you're not going to be able to walk and see the goodness of my hand on your life. The goodness of what I have for you in your life and in your family. I'm not, I feel like, I feel like when, when we're talking about this, because when you, as you read in verse uh, 13 and it talks about Nebulon, the word there is exalted and Naphtali is a place to rest, a place of wrestling. So he's going to take you on a hill. He's going to give you a place of, of, of rest. He's going to make, make it so that, that he is exalted in everything that you're going through. And then you're going to be able to wrestle through what it is, like Jacob, where he said, I wrestled and I saw God face to face. The Bible says, who can know the mind of God in Isaiah? And in the New Testament, Paul says, those who have the spirit of God. What we're doing right now, I want to encourage you that what, what we're doing right now and what I want you to take with you from this is that you take that when the, the war that you're in right now and the hill that you're going up on, when like if you would, this place would be a hill you're coming to for hope this morning. That when you leave this place and you're going into Capernaum and you're going into that, 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 that place of security and after you leave this place that he would, he would bring exaltation to you through people around you so that you could wrestle against that peace. That beneath your feet, there was a, there was a movie when, when the person would walk, grass would grow up beneath their feet. It would be hard, rocky ground, but the, the, the like flowers and, and grass would begin to grow up beneath their feet. Fertility would begin to grow where you go. Life would begin to grow where you go. This morning, I, before I got here, for some reason, I always go to that gas station past this exit. And the, the, the attendant there was, was working, and the Holy Spirit said, you know, talk to him about, their, I don't know, his girlfriend or his wife. So I asked him, I said, hey, is this, you know, do you have a girlfriend, do you have a wife? He said, yeah, I have a girlfriend. I said, is she, she sick? Is she, you know, what's going on? I said, I, said, I feel like, like anxiety. Um, and he said, well, she has PTSD. From, from a traumatic thing that she had gone through. And I said, so, so we be, begin to pray for her. And he was actually texting her at that very moment, asking her if she was okay because of the PTSD that she was going through. He wants you to function outside of, of what the 
of what the world has said you are allowed to function in. He wants you to move in a place where when you are walking out this light on a hill, when, when Jesus, because it says, it says, and the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. For those who lived in the land where death cast its shadow, a light has shined. In Waterville, there's been a shadow. And it's something it says, the word shadow actually means to intercept light. It's almost like the enemy has tried to, to shadow over Waterville to intercept the light that God has been, been wanting to do. And it's not because God can't do it, but it's because there hasn't been a body to rise up to be the light to cast out the shadow. Romans talks about, and the earth waits with great expectation, with moans and groans, to, or with great expect two scriptures that I'm mixing together, with great expectations that the sons of God would be who they're called to be. Daughters too. And that is what he's saying. Is that the shadow that's coming over, the shadow that is, that is trying to, to be over Waterville, that you would be a great light. That you would rise up. Even in the midst of trial, even in the midst of, of, of confusion, even in the midst of frustration, even in the midst of all the things going on, that you would begin to rise up. That you would be that light on that hill so that you could go down into the city of comfort. So that you could exalt him who set you so that when it's time to wrestle, that that light would be a fire. Because actually what that word means, that's good. It says, had seen a great light. That word light actually means fire. It actually means that you would be a fire that would be, would be shot out into this area. And it says the light has shined. The word in the, in the, in the King James actually says dawned. It demanded it to rise. That when you begin to function in the kingdom of God, when you begin to function in what it is that God has for you, when that light, when you being the light, the fire, when you begin to dawn in this area or wherever you have influence, when you begin to dawn in that place, you will demand change. When you begin to function in who you're called to be, function as a body, as a body of believers, as sons and daughters of Christ, you will begin to demand that atmospheres will shift. You will begin to demand that sickness goes. You will begin to demand that things change. There's something that, that my wife and I have, have, been, um, have been blessed to be able to do. Um, every street that we move on, The, the Holy Spirit begins to show us things that are going on, begins to show us, you know, what's, what's happening on these, on these streets. So we, we usually begin to walk the streets. We begin to uh, function through and kind of feel out things. And every street that, that we've been able to, to move on to, usually Angel is like, hey, go do this. Because my wife is just amazing. And she, you know, she is like an undercover assassin. You just don't know. I'm serious. I'm serious. So I'm like, I don't want to. She's like, but you, you need to. She demands. 
she demands, she pulls, she demands on the gifts of God to rise. That's what daddy's asking of us, that we would dawn. Uh, if it's on a country road, if it's on a city street, if it's in your business, that you would begin to function in that thing where you would demand there would be a spiritual shift. That the kingdom of God would begin to manifest itself wherever you go, whatever you do. In Matthew 4.23, go ahead and stand with me. Jesus traveled through the region of Galilee, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news of the kingdom. And he healed every kind of disease and illness. News about him spread as far as Syria and people began to bring to him all who were sick. And whatever their sickness or disease, de demon possession, epileptic or paralyzed, he healed them all. The large crowds followed him wherever he went. Romans 14, 17 says, For the kingdom of God is not of meat or drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. The kingdom of God is not about meat or corrosion or drink to fulfill something that can't be fulfilled, but it's about good standing. It's about being in a state of natural tranquility and about thriving in the kingdom. If you feel like God has called you to function in a different dimension. I'm using those words specifically. If he's called you to heal the sick because the signs, wonders, and miracles are what, what God uses to draw people to him for salvation. His spirit draws people to his heart for salvation so that they can know him. I want to encourage you if, you, if you feel like God is calling you to, to go take another step in another level in the kingdom, no longer afraid, no longer walking out the mundane thing day to day to day to day, wondering what's this all about? Is it just about church on Sunday and core group or servant group on once a month? And is it just about, you know, I want to I want to ask you if you would if you would be so bold as to come up here if you're looking for a shift that your life would go outside of the of the normal realm of where you are comfortable in functioning I want to ask you to come up I, I we want to pray for you we want to see God transform we want to see God shift and mold we want to see God do things in you that he's already doing in this place, that you can take it wherever you go. If you have a prayer language, I want you just to begin to pray in your prayer language.
is there a is there a prayer team or people who pray with with people? If you're up here and you want prayer, stay where you are. Just begin to say, Daddy. Align my heart with your kingdom. Align my heart, align my life with your kingdom. Let that be our prayer this this morning, that when we're praying, align me with you. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven.